across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyben, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Yes, Audible, the way to learn and listen to books without having to turn a page. Uh, Audible's awesome. I've always been a big fan. I always have several books on Audible that I'm listening to or getting ready to listen to after the next one is done. Right off the bat, I've got a great book for you to listen to. It's called The Surrender Experiment. It's by Mickey Singer, and it's changed my life. It really has. At at first, I was unsure about it. I thought it might be too spiritual for me, but it really wasn't spiritual at all. It was, but it wasn't. uh, This guy's built a company with thousands and thousands of employees, and he's used a different way to make decisions throughout his life, and it's benefited him. And I've actually tried it recently, and it's it's affected me and it's it's working well so highly recommend surrender experience mickey singer michael singer check it out just go you can listen to this book for free actually as a listener of this show by getting a free 30-day membership to audible all you got to do is go to audio.hybendigital.com that's audio.hybendigital.com This episode is brought to you by Rebus University. Yes, Rebus University, the home of the Certified Listing Agent course. Many people taking the Certified Listing Agent course, you will never, ever lose a listing again. If you take this course over and over and you ingrain this stuff into your head, that is certainly our goal, I should say. And I got a $100 off coupon for you at hybendigital.com backslash discount. That's hybendigital.com backslash discount there. You could also sign up for the coming CTA course, which is a certified team agent with Jeff Cohn at Omaha, Nebraska. If you're interested in getting a super discount on that, because I need some beta testers on that course. And if you beta test it, I'll give you 50% off. So if you want to get on the beta list, go to rebusuniversity.com backslash courses backslash CTA. I'll repeat that rebusuniversity.com backslash courses backslash CTA for the certified beta tester list of the certified team agent course. Okay, Rockstar Nation, we hope everybody is knocking them dead and ready to go this week. Man, and this is going to be a phenomenal week for us here at Real Estate Rockstars. As I mentioned on Friday, we have some incredible guests today. Man, I got a major privilege of uh, Josh Dorkin and Brandon Turner. And and, uh, Brandon is a brother at uh, GoBundance, as many of you heard me talk about GoBundance. If you haven't heard about it, go to GoBundance.com and check us out there. We got an incredible event coming up in uh, Whistler, British Columbia in January. And uh, anyways, he these guys run Bigger Pockets, which is you know one of the uh, most downloaded uh, radio shows on iTunes. It's all about real estate investing and making money in real estate. And they, they, they're walking their talk. They're doing it themselves. And it's an incredible show. So I'm not going to give away too much there. 
thanks again uh, once again for everyone's reviews on iTunes and Stitcher I'm gonna read a couple here that I got uh, first of all I got um, I got some cool reviews from uh, from my paperback book the six steps to seven figures paperback version proven strategies to grow your real estate career I just read Pat's book and I can't wait to implement his strategies. If you are looking to find a real estate book to take your career to the next level, this is the one. Jay Dunbar, five stars. Uh, five stars, great read, clear and concise. I'm not a real estate professional, but appreciate the simple pearls of wisdom that Pat shares. Purchase it and enjoy by Deltime. Thank you, Jay and Deltime. I got, you know, here's something funny. I... I decided to read my own book on Audible. And I don't know if it was a mistake or not, to be honest with you. Reading a book takes a long time, as you know, to read a book, right? And reading it out loud into a microphone takes a longer time. And it's not a fun, exciting thing to do by any means. When I have an interview guest, I can go back and forth and we can have a conversation. But here I'm doing a monologue to myself for like 15 hours, right? Uh, it's tough, man. It's no joke. And um, I obviously did not do a professional job. I did look to other people because uh, you can hire somebody and you got to give away like 20% of your royalties if you have their people do it. Something like that. I'm, I'm, I can't remember the exact number. But I, I, I got a bunch of interviews and I listened to the people and they all sounded like, and I might be dating myself, but they sounded like Thurston Howell from Gilligan's Island. They were like, well, lovey, when I first got into real estate, and I was uh, terrible at uh, doing any accents or impressions. But anyways, they all sounded too stuffy. They didn't sound like me. And so I said, screw it. I'm going to do it myself. So I did it myself. You know, I, I, I pause. I say, um, I talk about updates. I talk about real life stories. I laugh. I, I, you know, I'm not like going on to the next sentence always. Sometimes I am. But it was a very awkward thing to do because here you are reading about yourself where you want to talk about yourself. And I did it, and a lot of people love it. Obviously, I got more than, uh, you know, got 83 reviews, and a majority of them are five stars. I think the average is 4.3. So it's still high, right? But some people bashed me, man. They were like one star. They were like, you know, he should have got a professional to do it. And I, and then I did this actually before I had done, you know, three years of podcasting, maybe about a year in. So I still had done some podcasting, but I probably wasn't as polished as I was I am today. But some people hated it. They just didn't like. They're just so used to these uh, people with proper English accents uh, reading these books. And me personally, I, I, it kind of bores me when they drone on in monotone. But maybe that's a problem that I need to get over. Anyways, I'm rambling about what happened to me. I got, you know, you know, one guy says, save yourself four hours. Don't even buy the book. I shouldn't even tell you that. But anyways, 4.3 stars. I'm happy with the average, right? You can focus on the positives. I just got two new ones. Great book. Love the way he recommends multiple streams of income and never to put all your eggs in one basket. I'll definitely be using some of his techniques. That was a couple days ago. And then love it. He encourages you to start goals. Uh, love it. Anything is possible. Love it, love it, love it. Thanks. 
Thanks, guys. Thanks for those reviews on audible.com for my audiobook, Six Steps to Seven Figures. And then I got some reviews. Hard to keep up with all this crap, but uh, I got some reviews on, on the show here. And thanks for that, guys, because, again, these are what are, are helping me get really good guests on the show. Cutting Through the BS from Scaper503 came in recently. I really enjoy your interview style. See, here's a guy that enjoys me being me. What are you going to do? A huge thank you for cutting through the interviewee's BS and asking about their actual numbers. I'm so sick of hearing from agents who brag on stage about closing a high volume of transactions but have 15 to 30 people on their team and blow all their money on Zillow with no actual take-home net. Amen, Scaper. It is a it is an industry problem, right? Then that's why I call it ego commission income, ECI, ego commission income. Some people I take I catch off guard, you know. They're like, my GCI was eight fifty, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, congrats! I was like, what was your net income? Well, we've got a little work we need to do in that uh, arena. Where the worst one, this is the one I hate, right? Because they make it sound like it's a legitimate school of business we've decided to plow all of our profits into marketing for next year we're gearing up uh, for growth and uh, we're taking all our profits and putting them into growth mode in other words if you haven't noticed the irs requires if you spend money on marketing and advertising i.e zillow zillow as uh, as uh, scaper 503 said uh, that's an expense buddy that is an expense. That means you spent more money than you made or you, you netted less. You, you can't disguise it as, um, you know, well, uh, we decided to beef up our marketing. It still counts. You still spent it, right? <laughs> it's still an expense. So another dude said, awesome, Bexman. Listen to one. Now I am hooked. Love the advice and strategies from seasoned and veteran agents. Bexman, thank you, Bexman. Uh, one more I'll read. San Francisco local realtor just came in. Consistently brilliant. Man, I love that. Uh, Pat's many years of experience combined with his humble approach served the greater real estate community with rich content that applies to my business daily. And who was that from? That was from. See, this is the type of stuff that people complain about when I read an audio book. Chris Jurach. Chris, thanks, brother. Five stars. All right, guys, let's get into the show, man. This this is a great one. You're going to want to listen to this two or three times. It is fast and furious and full of meat and potatoes. Have a great day. Okay, Rockstar Nation, we have great guests today. I have Brandon Turner and Joshua Dorkin from the Bigger Pockets podcast. And these guys have done over 190 podcasts interviewing real estate people, real estate investors, real estate gurus, all kinds of people. And we're going to talk about all things real estate, mostly real estate investing today. So guys, welcome to Pat Hyben interviews, real estate rock stars. Hey, Pat. Hey. hey, thanks, Pat. So why don't you give our audience a little rundown on you guys so they can get to know you better? Sure. Um, so really quick, I'm Josh. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Um, I, I founded Bigger Pockets. Uh, 
about 12 years ago. I was a real estate investor uh, who had you know, some success and some struggles and needed a, a venue to help me become a better investor and, and, and stop struggling. So, uh, so I started Bigger Pockets and, and fast forward uh, to about three and a half years ago, we, we founded this podcast. Uh, Bigger Pockets is this you know, big community of, of investors coming together, helping each other out, find success, you know, find, find connections, and you know, uh, helping them learn and uh, the podcast was was formed. Brandon and I uh, had had the idea of talking to investors of all levels. We said, you know, if we talk to guys who just get started, all the way to guys who've been in the game a really long time, we could get a ton of value to help people who might be struggling or who are looking to scale their businesses. And uh, so, so the podcast was founded, and uh, it's it's been a huge hit. People love it. All right, good. Well, yeah. and and I know you guys have have gained a ton of knowledge uh, from that. And I thought, so I thought the best way to do this would be to just say, is there any way that you can take all these hours, 190 some hours, 200 plus hours of content from the world's real estate experts, let's say, and summarize it into like 10 things, like the 10 most important points you've learned from real estate investors. I Uh, I think that would be fun. Yeah, for sure. I, I, it's going to be hard to label down, you know, narrow down to ten. I mean, there's been, I mean, thousands of things, but I think it'd be fun to try. So let's do it. All right. So let's uh, let's uh, should we do it in uh, like David Letterman order? Uh, it was that top ten, nine, eight, seven, yeah, six, top, five, yeah, two. yeah. Sure, we can do that. All Though, right. so, uh, so yeah, circle, I don't know. circle the best one. <laughs> All right, <laughs> circle the go one through. that everybody needs to know, and, and, and that'll Pat, be that'll I'm be number one. This- I'm going to leave this to Brandon. I'm going to jump out this. of here, but you got this, Brandon. Top 10, Thanks. knock it out of the park. Pat, thank you for letting us be on here. We're, we're pumped. And, and Brandon, take it away, man. Thanks, Josh. Cool. That's going to be fun. All right. So uh, let me think. Number 10. I'm going to start the temp- number 10. We're going to go like this one. Uh, we talked with a guy named Ryland uh, Tanaguchi, and he had this suggestion I thought was fantastic uh, with in regards to creative finance. So what he does is he, I think he does like land deals. I mean, he does building and spec deals, all this cool stuff. And he told us he never pays for the land. He never pays for the land. And I was like, well, I mean, how do you, how do you do that? He said, what he does is he partners with land owners and then uses, because now he's in a 50, 50 partnership or whatever kind of partnership with them, whether it's 50, 50 or not, he uses that uh, partnership to go to a bank, gets the bank to fund the, the, construction costs. And he basically gets in for no money down on these, on these new builds. I thought that was just a cool tip. I'd never heard of that before. You ever done that, Pat? No, I've never done that, but it's brilliant. And I, and I have no objection to partnering with people on real estate. I think it's uh, it's great, especially if you lack the down payment to buy land or you lack the money. I mean, that's great. That's a great deal for him. It's a great deal for the landowner and it's a way to get, uh, create sellers that don't exist, you know? Yeah. Yeah, very much so. I was I was blown away by that. So uh, I have not done it yet. I mean, I've I've partnered with people a lot. I've never partnered with the actual seller, which I think is just kind of a cool little uh, a cool little thing. So yeah. All right. What uh, what do you got for number nine? All right, number nine. You know, we we had Hal Elrod on the show, and I think haven't you had him on your show as well? Yeah, several times. That's what I thought. All right, yeah, Hal Hal is an awesome guy. Um, and yeah. yeah, I loved the Miracle Morning. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, so. I mean, just the idea of having that morning routine uh, in, in terms of, 
you know, trying to build your business, trying to achieve financial you know, success, whatever it is your goal in life, whether or not you're trying to do real estate or be an agent or just build something else. I mean, just having that morning ritual, which is your time, not somebody else's, not, uh, you're not living reactively, you're living proactively saying, I'm going to determine what my day is going to look like. And that affected me personally in a huge way in my investing. Wow. So starting off fresh and just starting your day with positivity. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's exactly it, right? I mean, I, 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 I mean, I still am guilty of this a little bit, but I'm generally, you know, back in the day, it was always like this, where I would, you know, look at the clock at night and I'd be like, okay, what's the very last possible second I can wake up to still get to, you know, work in time or to get to do whatever? And it was like, you're constantly, then you wake up stressed, you wake up in a hurry, like, okay, I have to get this thing done as fast as possible because I chose to sleep in. But now I wake up usually, you know, somewhere between five and six. Uh, my first thing of the day doesn't usually start till like eight or nine, where I have to actually, you know, have some kind of responsibility. And so the first couple hours of my day are just, I mean, transform my life in terms of I sit down and work on real estate stuff for a while, or I sit down and write. I, I like to write, so I write, do my writing in the morning. Uh, you know, I have time to spend time with my wife, my brand new baby girl, all that stuff. I mean, just totally changed my life. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. And just, you know, and what all that stuff does at the end of the day, it just instills belief. In you, you know, in yourself, yes. you know, that you can do this and you, it's going to, it's going to be a great day. It's going to be, you know, this is going to work, you know, um, yeah. and just because so many people walk around, they just don't believe that they can do it. That's so true. It's so true. People, I, th I think the biggest thing holding people back is just the lack of belief that they can actually do it. And actually, that's a really good segue into my number. What are we at? Number eight now? Yeah, 10, yeah. Nine, eight. yeah number eight was actually we had this guy on the show uh, named Dale Hensel, uh, and he's done hundreds of deals. And he kept saying this common like this phrase when we were doing the interview with him over and over and over. He said, I didn't know I couldn't do it. So I just did it like he I, I can't think of the exact specific. It's been a little while since we talked to him, but it was like you know, I wanted to take a company public. And so like he did a real, he built a real estate company and then took it public. And he's like, I didn't know that that wasn't a thing people could do. So I just did it. And, uh, you know, I wanted to buy it when he was like 20, he wanted to get into real estate. So he went out and bought like, what was it, like 20 properties his first year. He's like, cause I didn't know that wasn't how it was done. I just, I, I nobody told me I couldn't, I just, <laughs> that's how it's done. I did it. It just shows you that, that the, the mindset is so important there. Yeah. I know some people say you don't know what you don't know. Yep. Yep. You don't. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Right. I'm a big fan of just, just having faith and just being like, well, I didn't, I don't, I don't know whether I can do it or not, but yeah, I, I'm I, just going to do, do it. Okay. What's seven. All right. Number seven. Let's go with this one. Uh, I'm doing a lot of like fairly newer episodes, but, uh, cause they're, you know, fresh in my mind, but number 180 we did with, uh, Devin McClish. Devin is 20, three years old. So 23 and he's done 58 deals. Wow. He's done flips. Yeah, he's done rentals. He's done uh, wholesaling. He's done uh, uh, spec builds. I mean, this guy's 23 and he's done 58 deals. Uh, so I guess the, the biggest thing I took away from that interview was just like, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't have how much money you have, how much experience you have. Uh, if you're willing to hustle and willing to learn and grow and attach yourself to other people who are successful as well, like all, none of that stuff matters. I mean, if Devin can do it at 23, you can do it no matter how old you are. I thought that was just a fantastic uh, kind of perspective. Yeah, yeah. It's like this joke um, that I know. It's basically, um, did you hear that, that Napoleon Hill, who's been dead for a while, did you, did you hear that his wife is releasing a book from the vault, uh, from his vault. Uh, you know, and you know what his most famous book is? Yeah, Think and Grow Rich. Right, right. So this book is called Don't Think and Grow Rich. 
<laughs> don't think and grow rich. I like it. And that and that's really what Devin did. You know, he yep. he didn't think and grow rich. He just did it. He just you did know, it. Action. Stop thinking. You know? Yeah. There I you love go. it. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Well, cool. That's All right. Six. Let's, yeah. Number six. Let me pick out a good one here. All right. Let's go with this one. Bill Sirius. We talked to a guy named Bill Sirius. He's an investor out here in the Portland area uh, and uh, or uh, Eugene, Oregon, I think is more technical, but, uh, you know, Western Oregon. And he uh, basically uses the phrase often of the riches are in the niches. Mm. And this is something that goes well with what, what I've heard from you as well in that – uh, he invests in, in a few specific niches, and one of those is student rentals. And he said, you know what? I'm going to be – I'm going to master this niche. You know, I could just go do everything and just do, try to do 50 different types of real estate. He's like, but I'm going to just focus on being the best student rental or student housing investor in this area. And he just rocked it. And, uh, I mean, he had – he's done hundreds and hundreds of deals at this point. Now he's got – he's working in multiple states because – in his mind, the riches are in the niches, and I love that. I mean, rather than going a mile wide, go a mile deep. Yeah, and and and, and I'm with that 100. percent You know, and it seems like whenever I try to get out of the niche and be more of a generalist, yep. I lose money. Yeah, yep. not always, I, but way. but sometimes. <laughs> not always. Yeah. Well, you know, I I, re- I read this book. Have you read uh, uh, Cal Newton's book? So good they can't ignore you. No. Okay, so one of the one of the best books I've ever read. I absolutely love that book. And in there, he talks a lot about this concept of collateral. And what he says is like you basically over your life you gain collateral, like you 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 almost like you have a bank account that you're stocking. And so, for example, right now you and I have a decent amount of collateral in podcasting because we've done this, we have experience, mm. we have knowledge, we have context, we have all these things. So let's say you and I wanted to go out and do a whatever, write a book on podcasting. We could probably do that because we have collateral in that. But if I wanted to go out and write a book on cooking, I have no collateral in cooking whatsoever. And so like, I think that's why the riches and the niches thing works so well is because you basically, you build this massive collateral in one area and your bank accounts just stock. So pretty much whatever you do in that industry, you have the collateral to do it. And I, I, I love that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Some people call it your unfair advantage. Yes. Yep. I love that phrase too. Um, and you know, people whine. I mean, I hear every, I would say actually every episode of the Bigger Pockets podcast that we do, and I'm sure you've heard it as well on your show here, is that people are like, let's say you do an interview with somebody and they say, yeah, you know, when I got like, when I got started, uh, the first thing I did was I bought a single family house and rented out some of the rooms, right? So you and I both started that way. Somebody will say almost every time I tell people stories like that, they'll say, well, sure, you had friends you could rent it out to. I didn't have that, right? So everyone's got this like, here's why I couldn't do that. And, and people get so like, you, you had something unfair. That's why you're successful. I don't have that benefit. So therefore, I'm no longer – I can't be successful like you. But everybody's got that, right? We all have or can develop unfair advantages. Uh, you know, it, it's no, no excuse to not get out there and hustle. Yeah. And, th- and that's a defense mechanism. You know, they're, yeah. they're protecting themselves as to why they're not succeeding. And, and the yep. best thing to watch is the immigrant mentality of people that I call the, Im- the you know, the immigrant mentality when people come in that are first generation Americans, right? Like they, yep. they, they come in and the streets are paved with gold, right? You can't tell them anything. Because the streets are paved with gold and they're going to get rich. You know what I mean? And, you know, they don't have all these excuses. You know, I remember meeting this one guy from Africa and he was here. It was like his second day here. And he was so excited to go to the library because the library had all this information that was free. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And he was going to learn as much as he could about whatever he was going there for. 
and hyper focus on that and and get rich doing it. So I I, I love that, and it that wakes people up. You know, if you want to get woken up, you know, just start watching some some of these immigrants that have twelve dry cleaners or twelve things or got all this going on and all these reasons that they can't do it, but they're but they're doing it. Yeah, they're doing it. Yeah, I love it. Cool. All right, all right so number five. All right, let's go number five. Uh, so last, actually, the last uh, interview that we put out was from David Gudmundson, uh, and he talked a lot about timing the market and understand what the real estate market looks like. When's a high? When's it low? And the thing that I took from this, one of the most impactful things I've ever learned on the podcast was this. He said that the game of real estate is like a giant game of musical chairs. And, you know, the music's going, everyone's walking on the chairs, the lights go off, and he said most people don't realize that they're taking chairs away and you never know when the music's going to stop and when you have to go quickly find a chair. And so most people, they wander, they party around the chairs, they're playing this game, they're playing this game, the lights come on, the music stops and everyone has to go grab a chair and somebody gets left, left out. So his, his like analogy or picture that he, he paints is I don't wait for the music to come to stop. I just grab a chair, I sit down, I put my feet up. And so what he means by that is I don't need to be the last one in the mar- I don't need to time the market perfectly. When I see that the direction's moving in the right direction, you know, like in the in a dangerous direction, I just get out. I just back out. I'm more careful. I'm more conservative. And yeah, I might miss the peak by a few years. Maybe I could have made a little more staying in longer, but uh, that doesn't matter to me. I'd rather be the first one out and first one in than the last one out, last one in. Yeah, that that and that was a great episode. That was one of my favorites. I mean, he he was phenomenal. And uh, and and what. What a great analogy, right? I mean, yeah. he's essentially saying I purposely lose. And again, if you're to get yeah. out, I mean, we talked about this, you know, before we started recording that the real estate market now is somewhere between 70% peaked and 100% peaked, depending on yep. what market you're in and uh, or depending on where what the future holds, which nobody knows. So he, I'll give you an example, said he's dumping 36 houses. Yep, that's that's exactly. what he said. Yep. I'm selling. So essentially he's saying, hey, you know, I'm out of the musical chairs game Yep. <laughs> today, like yep. now, you know, yep. so, so uh, he's practicing what he preaches. Yeah. And let's say five years, from, maybe the market continues to climb. Maybe we're only at 70% right now and it climbs another 30% higher and, and people are really going crazy. Like, he, yeah, the point is he's not going to be sad that he sold too early. Because you know what? He sold. He made some money. He got out. He relaxed for a while. And then when the market drops, he can jump back in again. And uh, it just it takes a lot of the, the stress out of trying to time the market perfectly. Right, right. And the thing is, he knows he is too early. Yeah. Right? Yep. But, but he, okay. he also knows he's somewhere between the 7 and the 10. Yep. And I, I heard one investor guy tell it brilliantly one time. He's like, he's like if you look at uh, 1 through 10 and 5 is in the middle – as long as you buy under five and sell over five, I love that. You're going to make money in real estate. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's cool. Yeah. All oh, right. Very cool. Yep. Okay. So what was that? That was that was five. How about four? Five. All right. Four. Let's go this one. So we talked to a uh, woman named Bree Schmidt from the Chicago area who we actually had on the show twice. Uh, the first time she was, you know, just kind of building up her portfolio, starting to kind of get get some movement. The second time we talked to her, she had just quit her full-time day job and was now retired she, or, you know, quote unquote, you know, doing her own thing, financial freedom. She had achieved it. Uh, and what I loved about her story 
was that in the difference between the first interview and the second is after the first interview, she set a number or she set a more like a, a goal. She said, I want 50 units and I'm going to go out and get them in one year. Then she worked backwards from that and she went out and got 50 units and one year later she quit her job. And uh, I just love that goal mentality of like, what do you, what do you want? I mean, I heard, uh, some, I don't know, some YouTube motivational speaker the other day say that is figure out what you want with your life and then spend the rest of your life getting it. Uh, and you know, she said, what do I want with my life? What do I want it to look like? I want 50 units. That's my goal to quit my job so I can do what I want with my life. And she went out and hustled. She did it in one year. I, I just love that concept. Yeah. And I, I've always been a huge goal, goal setter and goal. I mean, I write them every day. I mean, I write them every year. I keep yep. them in my journal. I can, I can turn to them as soon as we hang up and, and, and go through them, you know, and uh, I, I'm big believer in that. Big believer in that. Okay, number three. Now we're in the top three. All we're right. in top three. All right. So this one comes from Clayton Morris, who was a uh, maybe still is. A, he's a Fox News uh, anchor on the like morning Fox News morning uh, on the weekends. Uh, but he's also a real estate investor, and he has this phrase uh, called your freedom number. And I love the way that he phrased it. I mean, it's something we've all kind of, we all kind of know, we all kind of believe, but I love the way he phrases it and how simple he makes it. Your freedom number is the, like the number of properties you need to achieve financial freedom. And so it kind of actually ties in close with what we just talked about a minute ago with Bree Schmidt with her 50 number. Well, like 50 was her freedom number. She had to get that. So Clayton Morris calls it his, the freedom number. What do you need? For me, like my personal freedom number is 100 units that achieve an average of $100 per month uh, in passive income. So it results, basically that means $10,000 a month. If I had that, I would feel perfectly financially free in terms of, you know, I could afford travel and afford all this stuff to be able to do what I wanted. Now your freedom number might be different. Maybe yours is 200, 500, 50, 20, whatever, but just knowing what that freedom number is and then going after that and figuring out how to make that happen. You know, in uh, rich dad, poor dad, Kiyosaki talks about how his poor dad would say, we can't afford it, but his rich dad would say, how can I afford it? It's that same concept of instead of saying, I can't buy 50 units, I can't buy 100 units, ask yourself that question, how do I buy 50 units or how do I buy 100 units? And that's going to help you determine your path. Is that multifamily, single family? Do I need partners? What do I need to learn? What do I need to read? What, are, how, what time do I need to wake up in the morning? What does my job look like? You know, it helps answer all those questions is by identifying that freedom number. I, I love that. I love the concept of freedom number, and I did it myself. Now, I have an opinion because I think about this like all the time, right? Sure. And I created my freedom number, and I, I, I got out of the trading time for money business, uh, you know, eight years ago or so. And here's the thing. Here's the probably the hardest part. It's not – the hard part isn't getting to that freedom number. The hard part is actually stopping when you get to that freedom. Yeah, that's so true. And, I, and, and so I think you, you truly win with this freedom number idea if you do what you say you're going to do and, and stop. And then you can dabble or whatever, and you're going to have to talk to your property manager. You're going to have to talk to your lawyer. Yeah. You're going to have to – there's people that you're going to have to email. But the key is you do stop because I know a lot of people that have said – you know, when I get here, I'm good, but then they decide, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm not judging anybody, but then they decide, you know, mm, this boat isn't big enough. So I want a, a bigger yep. boat. Yeah. You know, this house isn't big enough. So I want to add $400,000 addition on the back of my house or whatever. And because of that, uh, it creates more pressure. So my freedom number is now increased. I, I think 
real winning in life, especially if you're a family man, is to create said freedom number. And then when you reach it, give give your time that you were spending creating that freedom number back to your family and, and start spending more time with them or start spending more time, uh, you know, with yourself creating awesome experiences in life. You know, both of those. Yeah. I mean, the, it, you're hitting on something that, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about over the last year because I, I did hit that number, like financial freedom. Like I hit that number a little while ago where I, I don't have to work anymore, yet I still strive so hard. I still work 40, 50, 60 hours a week on maybe 100 on various projects. And I look at myself and I'm like, what am I doing? Uh, I read this book recently called Life and Air. Have you ever heard of that? No, it's, it's would, Life and Air. Yeah, yeah, it's like a millionaire, but life and air. You would love this book, I think. It, basically, like the whole the whole idea behind this life and air book is that uh, you know people strive their whole their whole existence, their whole life to get more and more and build bigger and bigger and bigger things, and they make decisions based on these rules that we have in life. Like, uh, I mean, let me give you an example. People say you shouldn't pay off your mortgage on your house because uh, you can get a better return because you know like the the bank is only. 5% interest, yet you can get 10% in the stock market. Therefore, you shouldn't pay off your house. You shouldn't say do this. So what the book kind of tells you is, wait a second. That rule only applies if the goal of your life is to make as much money as humanly possible. If that's the ladder you're climbing, then great. You're against the right wall. You know, like that whole phrase about you're climbing the wrong or the ladder against the wrong walls. You know, if that's the goal of your life is to make as much money as humanly possible, yes, then you should not pay off your house. However, if you have other goals in life that is not just to be as filthy rich as possible, then the, the rules change depending on what game you're playing. So if you can define the game that you're playing, uh, and, and maybe that means spending more time with your loved ones, more time doing the things you like to do, well, then the rules are a lot different. Anyway, that, that book impacted me like nothing else this year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that. And, and here's the cool thing. If you think about it, I don't think people actually stop and think what rules am I playing or, or, or what yeah. is my goal? And, and this is the reality. This is what happens, right, for people to get – and again, I could be saying this as a defense mechanism because <laughs> I'm not as rich as, you know, I don't have a jet. I don't have – you know, I don't – I'm not a billionaire. I don't, you know what I mean? Like I don't yep. – I stopped trying. I have no interest today in trying to build a company that I'm going to sell for millions of dollars or yep. – you know, so I, this could be a defense mechanism, um, but at the same time, I, I could be right in that I think most people that are like building, building, building because they want to get richer and richer and richer and richer, their goal is not to die and have this massive estate and then create kids and grandkids and great grandkids that are they're complete spoiled brats and and yeah. don't strive and don't know what struggle is, right? And and get a bachelor's degree and then a master's degree and then another master's degree, you know, their whole <laughs> lives, yeah. even though that's what happens, right? They're not thinking that all they're thinking about is a game, kind of like playing a game. How, how much, how, how can I win this game better? Yep. You know, even I think it was Trump or one of those, you know, some big mogul or some other said that, you know, and I've even used this phrase uh, in my life because I, I thought I agreed with it, which that, you know, Money is just the scorecard of life. And when I think about that now, I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, that's a terrible phrase. Like, I mean, in a way, it's kind of, you know, it's interesting. Like, yeah, the more I get, the more I'm winning. But really, like, what are we winning? I mean, like, you can never win that game because you will never have as much as the next guy. And so, you know, it, yeah, if you want to be the billionaire trying to win this game, but even that guy has people he's competing up against. Like, it's just the wrong game to be playing, I think. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, I got when I, when I got out, I was like, I'm, and, and here's the thing, the market has come back since I got out. And sometimes I do wonder, you know, should I have just stayed in this game? I would have made so much more money if I kept selling real estate after 2009 yep. or 10, where I was still involved personally. Uh, trading time for money, I would have made a ton of money because the market has has rebounded m- incredibly. And there's agents out there that didn't even have their license when I got out six, seven years ago. Uh, that are now making you know half a million, two million dollars profit. But I don't, you know, because I got out. My kids were still young. I have no regrets with the time that I spent with them before they went to college. And I know I did the right thing and uh, been very fulfilled. Uh, in that time frame, but uh, it would have been very easy just to stick in there and not try to reincarnate myself, you know, as someone who didn't really work, you know. Yeah. So, and anyways, that's that's fascinating. We go all day on that. So the freedom yeah. number. All right, <laughs> yeah. num- uh, what do you got? What's what's number two? Number two. Uh, so we interviewed Jay Papazan, who you know is the author of the one, well, co-author of the One Thing, along with Gary Keller. Uh, that was also that was like. That was like the book of the year last year. Like every year I feel like I have a book of like my life. So the one thing was last year. This past year was life and air. But uh, we interviewed Jay Papazan, talked about the one thing. And what really impacted me about both the book, the interview with him, uh, and just like the concept of the one thing uh, was just like not so much this idea of focusing on just one thing because I'm, I, I, I'm a diversification kind of a guy, at least within multiple streams of income just like you are. Uh, but it was like – always asking that question, what's the one thing in my life in this area that's going to help me accomplish this better? What's the one thing that if I do you know, correctly is going to make everything else easier and non-existent uh, or whatever the exact one thing phrase is? But I just like that has helped me so much in my life over the past year. Uh, it just I'm constantly able to focus on am I doing things that really matter? Because honestly, most of the time I'm not. I would say 90% of my time is spent doing nothing, like clicking buttons and driving around or whatever. Like 10% of what I do actually matters. So, I mean, I read that book and almost immediately I hired an assistant. I hired a contractor to work for my real estate company. I did all these things because I'm like, like I need to work on my one thing and I'm going to let other people do their things. And ever since then, my real estate business has been growing faster than it ever has just because I'm focusing on what I should be focusing on. And I'm not perfect at it, but I'm getting there. That's awesome. Yeah, 100% read the book many times, and it's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm trying to make sound effects like you guys do on hey, your nice. show. <laughs> yeah, not, not as good, you know. I might have to go to Fiverr and buy a yeah, drum that's roll. Yeah, that's, that's where we got ours. <laughs> got, got them all in Fiverr. All right, drum roll number one. All right, number one is this guest that we just recently had on. You know, he's a nice guy, but uh, you know, a little, a little, a little bald. His name's Pat uh, Hyben. Is that is that how you say awesome. his name? Awesome. Yeah. All right. I've so. been working on the railroad. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So on episode number one ninety, we interviewed you, and I'm going to add you as the number one tip I got here because this kind of sums up my entire life, and that is this idea of building horizontal income sources. Uh, and 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 again, we talked about like the one thing, but I'm I'm much more more in the idea of like, you know, I love real estate. I work real estate really hard and I do a lot of things within the real estate niche because that's where I have my collateral. But I also write books. I also do webinars. I also uh, go speak places. I, I do a number of things within this niche because I want to make sure that my income spread out over multiple things. I also have 52, 53, 54, somewhere there, 53 or 54 uh, different rental property, well, units right now. 
Uh, and then I'm flipping a few houses every year. I'm doing all these things within the niche because I want to make sure that over time, if one of them fails, I've got other ones that are going, uh, that are providing me with income with specifically mostly passive income if I can get that. And uh, that, that whole concept, ever since reading Rich Dad Poor Dad the first time, has just dominated my life. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's and and the cash flow quadrant where Kiyosaki yeah. breaks it down in the SB entrepreneur, business person, employee, and investor. Yeah, and I've yep. always said that you know you want to go to that I quadrant, right, where you're just an investor. Yep, that uh, is the ideal place to get to. And and I and I love building. You know, just I love just building cool stuff. You know, and like I don't know, like I like writing. I like doing all that stuff, but I try to do it like. I, whatever I'm working on, I want to make sure I think of it from the pa- from the passive standpoint. Is can I eventually sell this, outsource it, you know, hire a team to manage it for me, do all this stuff, so that my lifestyle is still there? Uh, so, because that's the number one thing for me is I want my lifestyle to matter. That's that, that's incredible. So, the 54 houses, what what state are they in? So they're all in my county. It's 54 total units. I have actually like uh, a 24 unit apartment building and then a, a five, a four, a four, a three, nice. a three, a two, a two, and a bunch of ones. So yeah, they're all actually within 25 miles of me out here in Western Washington state, about two hours South of Seattle. That's awesome. That's man. awesome, buddy. Well, listen, Brandon, this, this, this has been great, man. This is, uh, there is so much meat and potatoes in these 10 items I mean, I've written down a bunch of stuff that I'm going to life and air and everything. I'm going to, you know, stuff nice. I'm going to do. So this has been brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm going to put all of Brandon's information on hybendigital.com backslash bigger pockets. Hybendigital.com backslash bigger pockets. I'll put links to all his websites. I'll put links to his podcast, bigger pockets and uh, everything you need to know. Thanks, Brandon. I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you, Pat. This episode is brought to you by Bluehost. Check this out. If you have a website you want to host or are already hosting and are probably paying too much, they have disrupted the world when it comes to hosting things inexpensively and efficiently. As little as $3.95 a month and you get a free domain name. They host over 2 million websites worldwide. Check it out, uh, listeners to this show. Very inexpensive and efficient. They can get a free domain. So I got a coupon for a free domain for you. Just go to host.hybendigital.com. That's host.hybendigital.com. Over 2 million websites hosted worldwide by Bluehost. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.